The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. Half time on the road today. Welcome into our studios on the road at the Phoenix Avenue location of Hardy in Fort Smith for a qualifying round of the Sick Burger uh, eating contest and a chance to win the football trip of a lifetime to see the Chiefs and the Titans on November the 6th. Come out and see me here and see if you can down this Hardy Sick Burger in 90 seconds or less. If you can do it, you're entered into the August 20th finals. And uh, it's really great to be here in this uh, restaurant. It's kind of served a little bit like a Hall of Fame of sorts of uh, all of the thick burger eating contests that have been going on here for the last 19 years. Gosh, I mean, we've got photos of uh, 2016 champ Daryl Bailey. I think he's won a number of times. And about seven or eight different installations here. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily put it at the level of the Baseball Hall of Fame. You remember we had President uh, Josh Rawich in the Hall of Fame on yesterday on halftime talking about his uh, remembrances of working with uh, Vin Scully. They don't they don't make a, a bust for anybody or a plaque for anybody when you win the Big Burger Eating Contest. But at least you'll uh, get a chance to go see a great football game and you'll get your uh, your face plastered in a number of photos on the walls. In uh, this uh, great Hardy's location in Phoenix Avenue, how are you guys doing today out there in the studio? Uh, we're we're doing well. We're here. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, I, I'm I'm a little upset. I'm not where you are because you're talking about the food and the thick burger. And Phil, I, I skipped lunch. I was prepared and ready to ready to go at it. And uh, hopefully, I'll still have the opportunity to do it later. But Drew was up for a challenge. I, I was. I was ready to go. But this is it's live radio, and that's what we're. Uh, I wonder if anybody's <laughs> noticed that Phil is on the telephone right now. Well, B.E. said, I think your uh, mic is flipped you know, up on your head. 
yeah, I, I, I noticed uh, things will sound just a little bit different while we're here for the next uh, for the next couple of hours. Maybe it'll change a little bit if uh, if uh, the gremlins get kicked out of the system. Uh, so yeah, that's why Drew's not here. Uh, I think that's why some of the things earlier in the day sounded a little bit different. Station to station, but uh, the stations are back uh, airing the exact same thing together. So that's good. And once the gremlins get kicked out, maybe my voice might sound a little bit better. I don't know if it's that I. <laughs> Uh, nothing that anybody did. It's just a matter of, uh, of technology and the way things are done these days. Things are great so when they kind work. Of yes, yes, they are. Yeah, when they do work. Modern technology is fantastic when it works. When it doesn't work, it throws everything into total chaos. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's the magic of live radio, right? You never know what's going to happen. You never know what somebody's going to say. Yeah, that, you also never know when the equipment's going to break. <laughs> it, keep, it keeps it exciting. It does. You never you never know what's going to happen day to day. But also, you know, to be a more optimistic look at this. Somebody now, can win something today. Somebody can win something. But now, every time it does work, right. We're really going to appreciate it. We're going to appreciate it so much it. more. Yeah. That every day that yeah. everything connects and goes off of that hit. Yesterday I was taking gonna, it for granted. I know. It was so smooth. I exactly. was taking it for granted. Look we've at been me. Taking, we've been taking How selfish I was. The, this great gift of technology that we own and use every day. And you know what? That's why I quit on us. We weren't showing it enough, enough That's right. love. I blame so we're myself. Sorry. Well, we're sorry, technology. We'll do better. Tell you what, guys. Do me a favor and go kiss the comrades a few times <laughs> and whisper sweet nothings into his ears. So oh, I will. It, it can get back to work and so it feels good about it. I may just give it a little yeah. peck you know, on the cheek. You know, I figure this is. This, this show here is the Flow Sports version of uh, of halftime. Today. Oh, that's an uh, insult. And people have got to be a little bit nervous. But this is free, though. They've got to be a little... <laughs> Exactly. We could charge thirty dollars. People want to come into Hardee's here and hand you thirty bucks and say, "Here, this is for your troubles today. I'll take it," and the thick burger as well. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the, it, I was just talking on the morning show earlier in the week about about the uh, flow sports, and I've got a point. Like if if if, if Kentucky is being shown on on one of the ESPN channels in the Bahamas, if Auburn is being shown on one of the ESPN channels in Israel. Why can Arkansas not make it onto one of the ESPN channels, one of the many ones? I mean, heck, they've got more than Ocho now. Uh, and, and, and it's not like they're playing in some country that doesn't have the capability of televising basketball games. So Flow Sports checks in and the equipment breaks and they end up doing the whole thing on their cell phone anyway, <laughs> which I've done before. Well, I mean, this everybody that's been in radio has had to do shows. Oh, 100%. Like, oh, certainly. This is not a first percent I, mean, I, I had a game that I did... Heck, this was a Razorback women's basketball game uh, that was in Puerto Rico. My first year doing the women's basketball games, uh, the, the team played in San Juan. And I forget the name of the arena, but it was also it was a very small arena. Uh, I can't remember the, the opponent. It might have been Oregon State, a really good program. And we could barely get on the air mm -hmm. with a connection. And that was just regular phone line. And good luck trying to do it on a cell phone. You know, in the middle of Puerto Rico, it wasn't necessarily right there in San Juan. I did a Travelers game from the roof of Driller Stadium in Tulsa uh, because the phone lines just went dead, totally dead. Mm. And, and and me and, and Mark Neely, the voice of the Drillers at that point, are standing on the roof at Driller Stadium. I, I was my knees were a little bit shaky. <laughs> Being, it wasn't the largest roof in the world, but there was a way to get up there, and I had to kind of lie on the roof to make myself feel a little more comfortable and the wind was whipping and I'm trying to keep score of the game and I'm like it felt like 300 feet up and I should have been in a harness uh, so yeah I mean these kind of things end mm -hmm. up happening and 
You know, what this to... also means is that we we can't take a we can't take a uh, a phone call uh, for right now. So, but we can take all your texts, or you can just you know do it the way that people used used to just communicate, which was in person. Come on out to Hardy, shake a hand, eat a burger, qualify to win. I mean, heck, already halfway through a burger, it took him one bite to get there. So that's pretty impressive. If you can pull that off, then you'll earn my respect. So Phil, my stomach's growling, man. You can't keep doing this way. to me. Oh, I know. Uh, I, I apologize. And you, 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 you should actually not be jealous or anything because this means you don't have to digest the things that you hate. Drew. You don't have to eat a tomato today. You don't have to eat mayonnaise if, mm. if, if, if you don't make it out of here but yeah the, but i was willing to do it for for, for the good of the show i was willing to put my body on the line you know like i, I there's to, to borrow a phrase from from ty who's out there you know i'm built different you know I, i'm built to be able to take some blows and do what and put my body on the line for what's best for the show and, and i was willing to do it and plus like i said I, i'm really hungry i am really hungry but hopefully, hopefully i'll be out there soon well, we'll see if you make it out here on what is the last two hours. It's a good, good, good time for us to have our last two hour show uh, today. So an extra hour on the phone might have been a little bit difficult. Uh, all right, so we, we won't have Aaron Torres on with us because he usually comes on the phone and we can't do a phone interview with him. So uh, we got your texts coming in. Uh, we got tweets coming in. We got stuff to talk about. Of course, you got a uh, at the beginning of Arkansas football practice today and uh, then a meeting with the media and Pitt afterwards so we'll have some stuff to play from coach Pittman on monday uh, when half time does move to three hours and hey this is this is like the day that everybody sort of is looking forward to it's not the start of the football season it's not it's not the you know a day where you'll be you'll be traveling up to pay a bill and getting your plans ready and getting all of the all of the things together for a tailgate or for a party for the opening game of the season but it's a, it's a start. It's not even really an appetizer. Well, it's 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 a little bit of a start because you only I mean media you're only going to see twenty minutes or so. It's not like fans get a chance to watch practice either. So it actually feels more than anything like a little bit of a tease, mm-hmm. a little bit of a tease. You feel like you're that close to the start of the season, but you realize you're twenty five practices away. You're a full month away from the day before the start of the season. So this is it's exciting to know the guys are getting on the field today. But, I mean, it's a heck of a lot more exciting for them than it is for anybody else. Yeah, I mean, they're finally able to get started for the season. It's it's a – like I said, it's for the for the players, it's a starting point. You – you or, or maybe, you know, you now for the offseason, you feel like you're you're into the fourth quarter of the offseason because you, you have, you know, all these different stages of spring ball, then summer workouts – and then now you're into training camp or fall camp, whatever way you want to call it, and, and you can t- you're getting so close that you can taste the games, you can you can see as you can imagine to hear the roar of the crowd and everything that goes along with game day. So it's just one step closer to the ultimate goal of that first Saturday at Razorback Stadium against Cincinnati. So you're almost there. Just got to hold on for 30 more days. We got 30 days left. And then we're there. Yeah. You know, I mean, for the guys that and most of the players are around for almost the entire year. You know, yeah. You know, report day is, I think, a lot different than it used to be where, uh, you know, nobody really knew where anyone was for a couple of months. Now you certainly do. Uh, so 
this is this is a day where maybe like the freshmen who uh, weren't here for spring practice that really mm-hmm. just did report are the ones whose heads might be a little bit on a swivel as they get used to their new situation in their lives, which is uh, a grueling month and then maybe sitting on the sidelines for quite a while. 877-877-6963 for your texts only. We're here at Hardy's in Phoenix Avenue in Fort Smith. Come out and see it. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Text only today on halftime, and I am at the Phoenix Avenue location, Hardy's in Fort Smith, for the Thickburger Eating Contest. And if you come out here, you'll see a couple of guys when you first walk in that are sitting at a table. One of them has got a really interesting uh, Arkansas-Hawaiian shirt with a head of hair that might need a haircut. But he says he's got a cowboy hat, but the hair looks good, and so we're going to keep that hair going for a while. And uh, the other guy is uh, is looking like a professional, you know, like a guy who knows what he's doing when he gets dressed in the morning. And those are the two you'll have to go talk to to enter, uh, and they will time you 90 seconds or less to jam that Hardy's pick burger into your mouth. You remember, guys, I'd mentioned yesterday, my whole goal for this thing is to finish the thick burger in two hours on the nose. Mm-hmm. Not an hour and 59 minutes, not an hour and 58 minutes, but two hours. You're it's, going with it's the... It's actually uh... more difficult... You're going with the slow and steady wins the race. Than it is to go short. That's right. I am the tortoise. You guys can all be the hare. So I wouldn't eat a burger with hair on it. So it's ah, the tortoise with no hair. Burgers. Yeah. So I'm already, I'm two bites in, and I'll just leave this thing sit here for uh, a good long while. What are the so, rules about uh, uh, the vegetables falling off and stuff like that? Do you have to eat the I'm tomato? I guess you have to finish it off. See, I don't I even mean, like whatever. tomatoes. you got to eat the tomato, See, too. I don't like you're tomatoes, su- either. You're supposed to eat everything that's on the burger. Everything. I mean, I, literally everything. So if something falls on the floor... Five-second rule, be damned. Pick it up. It doesn't matter if it's six or seven <laughs> seconds. Anything. I mean, you got to wipe up the mayonnaise off the floor. Uh, and, and that, that's a little far. Drip out. Come on, you we don't want anybody anything to say. Drip Come on. Out. We're very strict about this. These are <laughs> these are these are very important rules. Uh, them's the rules, Drew. Well, them's th- the rules. Them's are the rules, I guess. But at least uh, when you're gonna do it. Eat over the wrapping. That way it's a lot easier. It's easier to lick all the stuff off of it at the end. And, and that way you don't get, you know, any extra germs. So, Jay Finley had a pretty interesting day yesterday, don't you think? Not, yeah, a little and, bit. Uh, none of it had anything to do with, with football. For one thing, I, I, saw, I saw in the afternoon that he is the first college football player to eat an NIL deal with Amazon. And it feels like Amazon like runs the world. I don't know if they would run college sports just yet, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they they sell just about everything. Got a got, got a presence everywhere. And I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, this this is the guy. This is the one that this that this giant behemoth, which has so reached into our lives in in like dozens of ways that we probably don't even realize they've reached into our lives. This is the one. The guy who probably is going to win. Mm. His own his own battle for a quarterback job at Auburn. Uh, I, I was I was blown away by that. I mean, I understand it's like it's a deal for 
for for uh, for fashion. So he's probably a pretty sharp dresser. He's got only sixty thousand sure Instagram followers. So he's got an audience, but he's going to be selling a custom line of clothing, according to the release that includes T-shirts, sweatshirts, phone cases, tote bags, and pop sockets. I, I just wonder how many of these how many of these T-shirts and pop sockets are going to say backup quarterback on it. I don't know. I mean, because I'm I'm guessing he's probably not going to win the starting job with with Calzada um, there at Auburn. But a very interesting day indeed. I mean, he's yesterday supposed to report for camp, reporting day for for Auburn. <clears throat> Has this nil deal with Amazon released, and then to top it all off, it was arrested and charged with attempting to elude police. Now it is only a, a misdemeanor, misdemeanor, but. Not really the type of look you want to have as you're launching this NIL campaign and selling things with Amazon. And that, that is shocking, just how much Jeff Bezos and that company is worth that TJ Finley's the, the guy? Like, was, Bry- well, was, that, that was, was Bryce Young too and, busy? You couldn't pay for Bryce then, Young? And then later on in the day, he's in the headlines again for getting, for getting arrested, just like you mentioned. And I saw a video on social media. I don't know where you can necessarily believe, but uh, he, he, he slowly drove around another car in the same lane to evade a policeman who was, who was chasing after him fairly slowly. Mm. I mean, I found it very... I, lo- I love the phrase that he's, he's been charged with attempting to elude a police officer mm. by the Auburn Police Division, and I thought to myself, aren't we all really just trying to elude the police anyway? I mean, you know? that's all I plan. Mean, if I drove to, when you, that's right. That's the whole plan, elude the police. If you have to meet him, hey, nice to, nice to, nice see to meet officer. you. Of course, you didn't, yeah, you didn't do anything. But they were eluding police, and, and it's a misdemeanor, sure. He's, he was booked and then released on a $3,000 bond. Apparently, uh, you know, there were a bunch of other traffic violations that he hadn't mm. paid the fines on. He's now paid the fines. Maybe Amazon sent him the money for it. And and now it's all just okay. Even though the police stopped chasing him out of fears of safety, public safety, essentially. He didn't want to get involved in some high-speed chase. And I guess whatever you think a high-speed chase is, I'm not sure necessarily like the... the uh, Stuff that we see know, out in the, L.A. The, from the Capitol. How, how fast we ought to be going. Yeah. Exactly. It's just that, that, that's, a, that's a full day for, for a quarterback who probably, I mean, he'll see the field. Mike Calzada wins that, wins that quarterback mm-hmm. job at Auburn. There's still a couple of other guys that, that have transferred in that are probably going to see some playing time. One of them is a former baseball player at Oregon, Robbie Ashford. Uh, Ashford's probably going to see the field at some point. Connor O'Gara thought he's going to end up starting for them by the middle of the season. And and Kinley will get on the field at some point. Like that's a that's a program this year that you could definitely see seeing three quarterbacks start a game, a la Chad Morris two mm-hmm. years. Oh, you definitely can just with how many things that could possibly go wrong for Brian Harson and, and the Auburn Tigers. It does feel like it's set up to be one of those years of a revolving door at that quarterback position, where you know we're halfway through, we're we're at week six. And we've already seen three. Heck, even even um, you know maybe maybe a fourth guy there, or, or you know, who's to believe there's not a chance for fifth? I mean, it just feels like the year where anything that can go wrong will go wrong for Brian Harson because this year is so important to save his to save his job. 
like we all know how much is on the line right now for Brian Harson and his his tenure at Auburn, and it feels like everything is set up to fail, and it ultimately probably will. Well, it's a rough day. It's a rough day, but the, the, the day before practice starts for for that to happen for one of the guys that made up starting a, a game for your quarterback. Do we have our first? Do we have a winner here? Lavaca in cor, uh, uh, corn dog in Lavaca has made it through, and I got to tell you, that boy corn dog. He, he he just about choked on the last three bites. He finished. I think he finished the second half of that burger in the last thirty seconds. That was impressive. Oh. How much of it is still in his beard? How much of that cheeseburger is still uh, is, in Does it count if that, it's in the beard? All that facial hair. Mario's gone. Facial hair is not digestion. It's got to be in the stomach. But I guess they gave it to him. 90 seconds or less, he finished it. And he is going to be digesting that thing for quite a while now. <laughs> Good job. Did you say his name was Corn Dog? Well, that's what he says his name is. Legal name? Corn Dog ate a cheeseburger. Yeah, is that on his driver's I license? Hope that's not his... Is it Corn Dog like Smith? Or, like, is Corndog his middle name? Because, I mean, I go by my middle name, he's, so I understand. He's not an LSU fan, is he? I, I've heard LSU yeah. fans call him oh, themselves corn dogs. Some, they love themselves some corn dogs down there in Baton Rouge. But that, I'm, I'm guessing that's a nickname. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a nickname. But if it's not, hey, cool name, bro. Well, if your name is Corn Dog, you better be really good at eating. Oh yeah, you yeah, have I just to know that. Like if, if if there's a if there's a snack food that, that you that you drawn your nickname off of, then mm-hmm. you, know, you you better be able to finish a thing in eighty seconds or less. You know, to finish that, like I think he thought he might be able to take a little bit of time and then realize in the last thirty seconds that he still had half a cheeseburger to go. He went uh oh. A little bit of it sticking out of his nose for a moment, then. and he jammed it too far in. All right. Well, we do have we do have our first qualifier uh, at least for today. Yeah, corn dog. The 19th annual Hickburger eating contest football trip of a lifetime, and maybe corn dog will get his his uh, lovely face plastered here on the wall of fame inside the Phoenix Avenue location of Hardee's, where all of the winners of the Hickburger eating contest have had their faces plastered up here. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three for your text this morning and afternoon on the final two-hour edition of Halftime. Michael in Fort Smith says this is, well, Bryce Young is too busy winning games and focusing on an NFL future. That's true. Worry about getting an Amazon NIL deal. Yeah, but what about the idea? But, I mean, who's too busy for half a mil, He's already got seven figures. But what else does he have to worry about as far as NIL is concerned? Bryce Young is making over seven figures. Mm -hmm. He's making seven figures from NIL. I don't know exactly what he's doing for that money, but you know, he's sure he's focused on winning games, but he's also got somebody that's getting him NIL deals too. It just it just doesn't make sense for a company this big and this well known to go with a quarterback who may not really get on the field anyway. And that's not what it's about. That's obviously it's not about quality of player. It's not about exposure on the football field. It's what can you give us? What, how can you project? the image that we want to project to the audience we're shooting for. And and Finley is also promoting this Amazon student prime. You know, mm-hmm. eventually this whole prime thing that we pay for is going to end up going to like a thousand dollars a year. No, it better. So you're going to be paying it's already gone up this will. last year. Well, I'm not paying for it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, well, I'm on my fiance's account now. 
you're paying for more things that you know you're paying for for ability to store photos ability to store music mm-hmm. uh, for for the delivery options for prime for the entertainment i mean amazon owns mgm studio so I mean, they got to make a return on some of that and i'm sure that the it's not my fault they keep buying things tell them to stop buying stuff Students Student Prime is a lot cheaper, and that ends up being something that you know they're trying to promote mm-hmm. their uh, their student thing through TJ Finley of all people. I don't know. They get you hooked know. as a Why student. Why Auburn yeah. quarterback? I um, couldn't tell you. I, I honestly couldn't. It's it's uh, it's a head scratcher for sure. Jody says Amazon is trying to promote scooter sale. Yeah, brilliant. And Aaron, if I, if the photo, if the video that I saw of Finley. Um, is really him. It was, he was fairly nimble with, with that scooter. It wasn't a motorcycle. It was, you yeah, you see on the college campus. It was, it was, it was a little beep beep scooter. scooter, yeah. Right, it was a beep beep scooter, and he, he, he's pretty nimble with it. I think he's a little more nimble with the scooter than he is in the pocket as a quarterback. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to step aside. Corn Dog is still digesting his third pound thick burger, and I'm going to. I'm going to take my third bite of the day. I got another about an hour and a half to finish uh, this uh, this lovely third pound hearty stick burger. I'm not worried about going to see the Chiefs and the Titans, but maybe some of our listeners are. So come out and see us here at Hardy's on Phoenix Avenue, Fort Smith, and down that Hardy's stick burger in 90 seconds or less. We'll be right back on half. Eastside Liquor has more than just liquor. They also have wellness products and now carry Marley CBD gummies. They come in amazing flavors like Island Punch and Coconut Vanilla. They come in 200 milligram tin packs, so stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue and pick some up today. Now, back to the podcast. When are we getting KJ Jefferson, a national NIL deal? You know, a quarterback that. People across the country might have heard of if they paid attention to college football. A quarterback who's got a better touchdown to interception ratio than 11 to 6 over his career, and a better completion percentage than 56%, and has it transferred. Now, I have nothing against transfers, but uh, when, when is KJ Jefferson? You know, let, let's play that card for him. Let's play the let's play the Rodney Dangerfield card here. For no, KJ. Respect, no, no respect. respect. No respect at all. You don't care. You're not listed in the top three in the media poll. The quarterbacks in the SEC, uh, people are already saying that, you know, in a lot of cases, the reason he had such a good season last year is trailing Burks, not putting enough on him, uh, and, uh, and 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 now now TJ Finley is the guy who's, who's speaking for Amazon nationwide, and KJ, I know he's got some deals locally, but uh, you know, play play the no respect card. Although not every other quarterback mm-hmm. in the SEC could play that respect card in this case. Uh, K, like KJ doesn't have that kind of personality. I don't, I don't know what what TJ Finley's personality is, but if you're if you're selling a whole line of clothing and you know looking at the Instagram, I mean, fashion does seem to be important for him, and that's great. That's great. Fashion should be important for people. Maybe it should be more important for me. Maybe it should be more important for everybody who works at ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com. Outside whoa, 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 of the sales people, I look good. And I don't Tommy know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I don't know if you look good or not today, but I know what you look like on Maddie, the Maddie, tell them I look good. Salespeople that have to look good. It's, you know, the ones who are going out in the world that are actually making money for the stations are the ones that have to present themselves in a proper way visually. Drew you looks and all right. You and me and, Phil, yeah. Phil Why Drew's wearing it. able to look the way he looks on a daily basis. Drew has a Orioles hat on, and he's got it on backwards. But it's because we're in studio, and he doesn't need to block the sun right now. Exactly. It's the casual uh, way to wear well, it. 
Casey just doesn't have that presence, you know? I mean, he doesn't have that online presence. He doesn't have that personality that necessarily, like, attracts the eyes of the casual football fan. Mm. But I think what he's got is a personality that his teammates, his coaches, and the fan base can get with because it's all about toughness. It's all about, you know, keeping your head up. It's all about winning football games. I think that matters a lot more to Razorback fans than any kind of NIL deal ever could. Yeah, I think it matters more to KJ Jefferson as well. Now, I'm sure KJ's got plenty of NIL deals. He's not, you know, searching for his pockets for five bucks to take the take the old girlfriend out for pizza on a Friday night. You know, the that's the Remember that was the big line that they used to say about before NIL and everything. It's like, can't even afford to take the girl out for a slice of pizza. I'm sure he's not having that problem, but he, he seems like a guy that would rather just sit back, do his thing, and let his play on the field do the talking. And, you know, whereas TJ Finley and even some other less known guys that have these big NIL deals, it's about what they want to do off the field. You know, when you talk about fashion, you talk about clothing line, that's something that uh, a lot of athletes are really into. And the guys that end up getting those type of deals are the guys that, you know, have started clothing lines before NIL, you know, had started this process and, you know, started to create their own brand, create their own style. And then now that NILs come along, they've been able to capitalize on that uh, with some extra money. So, KJ, I'm I'm sure if if he continues to play the way that we expect him to play this year, that and he gets the national buzz around him, that you you will have some national companies come a call him because they'll see that he's a guy that's a recognizable face, recognizable name, and will give them a return on their investment. That that's the main thing right now. Is if you don't have that out the side passion of something that can make somebody money like Amazon of just, Hey, you sell our products. We, we give you this percentage. You take this percentage. We'll cover this. You cover that type of a deal. You know, if you don't have something like that off the field, then you have to be one of those recognizable faces on the field. And I think he will be before it's all said and done. And honestly, I think it'll be that way about two, three weeks into the season. Hey, we're going to have uh, Ask Phil uh, throughout the show today, too. The folks at the stadium shop have uh, gotten us back with that. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with that during baseball season. We're going to start it uh, during uh, football camp as well. And it's brought to you by the stadium shop. You got any questions for me or got any questions for the guys? Text them to us. It can be about anything. 77-377-6963. And right now you need to load up on your hog gear at the stadium shop. We got everything Razorback right now, so your needs could be tailgating, game day, man cave decorations, dorm room stuff. Stop by at the stadium shop, give Robert and Matt a uh, visit, or call them at 479 782 3486. That's 479 Stadium. They're local, family, alumni owned, and operated. And make sure to tell them the folks of ESPN Arkansas sent you. You can also go online to shop with an E, shop on Razorback.com. And that will be asked Phil as we go throughout the show today. And it's our final two-hour program. We are expanding halftime to three hours starting Monday, 11 to 2. We'll be bringing Clay Henry on for a couple of hours Mondays and Thursdays. 
Chuck Barrett is going to join us on Tuesdays, and we'll figure out the rest of the week as well as uh, we grow the program by exactly one-third. Ruskin and Zach will be taking over starting at 2 o'clock. They'll go to 6, so uh, things at ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com are changing, expanding the local programming, and hopefully that gives you a little bit more of uh, what you wanted. Uh, Drew, do we have a Pirates Orioles series? Oh, yeah, we do. It's a halftime series. Today? Starts today, all the way through the weekend at um, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. That's one reason why I've got the hat on. Got to represent, you know, my team. And I, what if you, and if you draw up the standing since June 10th, the first place, uh, Baltimore Orioles, if you went off the, the, off the division, unfortunately, the season didn't start on June 10th. So right now, still currently in fourth place. But hey, we need does something need to be on the line for this? We have Orioles versus uh, Pirates, uh, Drew versus yes, Phil. Um, you, you, no, you know where I'm coming. Where I'm coming from on this? Like, I'm already. There's a handicap here. I mean, can't it can't be who wins the mm-hmm. series? It can be how many runs do the Pirates lose by? In this case, although although they, they did pretty well against the Brewers, that they did uh, come back against the Brewers and beat them the last couple of games. St. Louis with two wins yesterday. And, of course, the Pirates helping St. Louis out by trading over Jose Quintana, who dealt uh, at night last night against the Cubs. Yeah, I don't want to put anything. When the Ravens and Steelers play, things are a little bit more even. That they are. That's true. Than the Orioles and the Pirates. Yeah, I don't know I don't know if we can put anything on, on the baseball game. <laughs> but since the Ravens, your team, and the Steelers, my team, play twice, Maybe even three times, as it's happened a few times in their it has. Uh, in their uh, their rivalry now. Maybe we need to wait for football season before we put something on the line. Because if I'm putting anything on the line for the Pirates, then chances are somebody <laughs> drugged my burger. Because I would never do anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't blame you. I put that on the rundown just to see if I might be able to, to bait you into something, you know. Uh, but ultimately, if we put something on it, you would have you'd owe me twice because you still owe me from last year's picks. I mean, we're back. I we're, know, we're three weeks away from starting picks, and you still you still owe me a, a sandwich board at a corner. I do right at the corner of MLK and uh, Razorback, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the more heavily trafficked corridors uh, in uh, in the urban portions of Northwest Arkansas. I know I owe you that, and I want to make sure that I do it before the start. Of, uh, well, I, I don't know if I can do it before the start of football season, but uh, we can we can get it around early because I don't want again I can't be out there in the winter time mm-hmm. wearing a sandwich board and nothing else. I gotta have I gotta I gotta be able to uh, at least warm myself up a little bit. And I don't what want if I did it be... outside here. Right. What if, what if I just got two pieces of paper? I'll just put two pieces of paper, one on my chest, one on my back. I'll write I suck at cut at the choosing bean bonnet, and I'll walk outside this party's restaurant during the commercial break to. The corner of where am I here? We got Phoenix Avenue. Um, yeah, I'll just take a step outside, and 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 that can serve as mm. as me paying up for last year losing the pick. I think that works. You're you're lucky. I'm in a giving mood right now. I, I'll give it to you. <laughs> it's like you giving me. Yeah, you're, you're lucky. Cake, you're lucky. Ate a cake that looks like a shoe. You gave me things. Yeah. You're, 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 you're giving me a lot of leniency. I, I really am. You're lucky that we're 15 minutes away from the golden hour. And that it's Friday, and that I get to see my fiance this weekend, because if this was yesterday go. or last week, 
I, where the circumstances and situations weren't the exact same. I don't know if I'd be as nice. Well, it's a good thing it's a Friday. Yeah. Everything so take good, advantage of it while Everything good in sports radio happens on Friday. And that's why my voice sounds the way that it does today. I'm at the Phoenix Avenue location of Hardee's. You can enter to win. There's a thick burger eating contest. It's a qualifying round going on right now. Coming on over here. Down your thick burger in 90 seconds or less. And you are entered for the August 20th finals for the football trip of a lifetime. And winner of that gets to see the Chiefs and the Titans on November the 6th. Maybe gets a chance to see me with some sort of a weird sign on my chest that says I suck at picking games in the next 20 minutes. And your uh, Ask Phil questions coming in as well at 877-377-6963. We will come right back. This is for the men who never settle, the ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick, the type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera, and the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge Mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. A week from now, Drew and I will be at the Cal Ripken Majors 70 World Series Championship Day in Branson. Uh, They had the Home Run Derby yesterday. And pool play begins today at the ballparks of America Complex in Branson. At the ballparks that look like Camden Yards, one that looks like Fenway Park. Uh, Really, really cool place. Can't wait to see it. Teams from Mexico, Japan, Canada, Korea, the U.S., and beyond are here to start their journey to take home the coveted title of Cal Ripken World Series 70 champions. It's from today through the 13th in Branson, and we are there next Friday. That's the day the USA and international championships will be decided, so we hope to see you out there in Branson. Uh, I am at the Phoenix Avenue location of Hardee's, so come on out and see if you can finish a thick burger in 90 seconds or less. We've already had one winner, Corn Dog from Lavaca, did it? One of the name like Corn Dog, you got to be able to do it. I don't know. If you've got a food nickname, you've got to be able to eat food exactly like that. Just like anybody um, named Meatball so- has to be able to eat. Or Fudge. If you got if you got nicknames like Meatball, Fudge, and Corn Dog, you can put them away. What, what sort of folks have you been hanging out? I don't know anybody with a nickname Meatball or a nickname Fudge. Oh, you never, uh, never seen Did you have fudge? friends with these nicknames? Yeah. No, did you have nicknames? Well, you I knew people better. that had those nicknames. I wouldn't say they were close friends. Remember, he's from Memphis, Phil. I, I mean, good point. I didn't know that. I mean, good. Oh, oh so uh, ni- food nicknames is a Memphis thing? We just had corn dog. No, I'm sure. No, it's. I just. I just. I. I don't know if I'd heard like a, like a dessert nickname before, um, or, or or anything other than than, than corn dog. Honestly, like I get the nickname. I told you, Josh Rawich, who we, we had on yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's the reason he calls me Philly is because. I keep getting Philly cream cheese as, as a nickname, or just cream cheese in a lot of cases. Wow. Drew, you didn't uh, grow up with so a kid a named Ding nickname. Dong? I mean, I've been ding called dong. a Ding, ding dong. dong, man. Ding Dong, yo. No, I didn't grow up with a kid named <laughs> Ding Dong. I've been called a Ding Dong before. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like I feel like those are some pretty common nicknames. I mean, get me. don't get me wrong. I mean, like... Phil, have you never seen How I Met Your Mother? That that's uh, one of the characters' nicknames. He's he's nicknamed Big Fudge. Well, no, see, I didn't watch episodes of it to remember that. Mm. So now you pointed it out, and there's that's not a real person. 
That's not based on real life. It can't be. No. Jody and Harrison, uh, your cousin called, your cousin with a nickname like that, which had to do about something about the size of a certain, you know, about yeah. the size of his rear end. That's not, that's, that's, that's food related, but I think it's not necessarily food. It's the result of maybe mm-hmm. too much of it. Was or his, not enough exercise. Was so his I don't know cousin, if that counts, Jody. Was his cousin the kid from that story in Stand By Me that was at the pie eating contest and then it was an all out bar for Rama? I think that was a similar name that that kid had. <laughs> uh, well, what's your favorite? Who's got a favorite food nickname? I don't, I, and I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain here to remember some of these food nicknames. Well, one of my favorite nicknames is, uh, and my kids, my, my kids are at the point now where they have seen the scene uh, from, I think it's Revenge of the Nerds 2, mm-hmm. uh, Nerds in Paradise. One of the better, uh, one of the better uh, comedy uh, sequels of oh, all time, no doubt. And uh, you know they're not allowed to see the whole movie because there's just way too many things that they mm. can't see. But they have seen the scene of uh, of Booger with the belching contest, and so that's a nickname that my son would like to bestow upon himself. Like you can call yourself that. He wants to I don't be know called if Booger. I'm calling you that just yet. <laughs> yeah, so far. Uh, so far uh, he'll he'll eventually get out of that. Life where gross is cool. Yeah, that's true. You know what it's like. He'll eventually grow out of that. Now, tell me if this counts. I have a fraternity brother that I still to this day call Goob. That was his. His name is Spencer, but everybody calls him Goob because he's a goober. Does that count off of the goober's candy? Does that count as a food one? No, but that's not why no. we didn't. We didn't call him Goob because he likes to eat goobers. You answered your own question. But it could kind of count. It's close. A goober. A goober when somebody refers to someone as a goober, they're not calling them they're not thinking a of chocolate-covered peanut. No, no. no. But that's probably if the closest thing to an actual then there would, friend that I have. That There would be another thing you could call somebody a raisinette, and we, and we don't do that. It's just I think it's like a reverse of booger is, is why you, you, you end mm. up going in that direction. Crumb cake. Crumb cake. We have a friend, we have a listener, who's got a friend named Come Crumb Cake. There, that's a good <laughs> Jody and Harrison said his sister... His sister's nickname for his grandparents, Seaweed. That's food. Mm-hmm. Seaweed is food. Calvert, Calvert says his nickname is Ravioli. So, I mean. Calvert, what did you do to get to earn the nickname Ravioli? Yes, and he really likes Chef Boyardee. How many Ravioli, Calvert, can you eat in 90 seconds or less? That would be. That would be that would be one thing that, that that gets you this nickname. Here's the thing with raviolis, whether it's whether it's in, in a in in the can or you actually get them freshly made at, at a store, those things those those suckers will burn your mouth worse than anything. Right out of the microwave. Yeah. So yeah. like, how much time does he have to let them cool off before those ninety seconds start? Because if it's right out of the oven or in you know piping hot. I might be able to get through a half of one in 90 seconds and then have my mouth completely burned out. But if you give me a few minutes to cool them off, I could probably go through probably go through five, ten of those suckers. I'm more of a beefaroni guy than a ravioli guy. Mm. I'm more you of a spaghetti and, meat, spaghetti and meatballs. We are talking Chef Boyardee, Chef Boyardee, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah but beefaroni is not a one-at-a-time thing. Yeah, I like the, I like the individuality, oh, the singularity right, yeah. of the ravioli. A ravioli can stand on its own. Mm-hmm. That it can. It really can. <laughs> Uh, if, it was, if it starts walking away, you might want to throw the thing out. Uh, uh, and toasted raviolis, man. I mean, that's like oh, those are awesome. Is that the is that the ultimate of the raviolis? So, so Calvert, let's ask you. Let's ask you about this. The, the oh, that's right, Jody. The overstuff. That's what I ate as a kid all the time, and it was 
probably a little better than the ones that Calvert earned his nickname off. But Calvert, I'm really interested in figuring out how did you earn the nickname Ravioli? Because that's a first-timer and an all-timer for me. 877-377-6963 for your texts only on halftime today. And we are into the golden hour, thank goodness. If you ever needed one, today's the day. <laughs> so stay with us. Whiskey River, take my Get by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith today and pick up a four-pack of the new Crown Royal Cocktails. Available in whiskey and cola, peach brewed tea, green apple, and now whiskey lemonade. Try some today. Now, back to the podcast. And it's the golden hour of halftime, also known as the second and final hour on a Friday of your favorite midday radio program. Golden hour is going to be one to two next week. Uh, maybe we can call this one the silver hour next week and treat it almost the same way. Live at Hardy's Phoenix Avenue, Fort Smith, uh, where we've had a winner already. Uh, Corn Dog from the Vaca has entered into the August 20th finals for the football trip of a lifetime. Uh, it is a great name to say over and over again. If we could have another person come out here and just refer to himself as Corndog Jr. or <laughs> Corndog 2, I think uh, we, would, we would probably automatically enter you. We would probably wouldn't even need to finish the steak burger in 90 seconds or less. We'll just throw you in there anyway. We should have uh, asked, asked him as Corndog if his offspring were Corndog Jr. Or, or, or son of Corndog or... You know, another well, very. I wanted to know what his real name was, and I just wasn't interested in it. So I did find out over the break why Calvert uh, is referred to as Ravioli, and this because he's got a last name that's close to Ravioli. I don't want to say your last name on, on the air, Calvert, um, although you listen pretty intently, so if you don't mind, text me and I'll do it. <laughs> so he's got a last name that sounds pretty close to, to, to Ravioli, and at basketball practice, somebody just started calling him Ravioli, and it stuck. And he says he can eat as many ra- fried raviolis as he wants. Right, as anybody would want uh, to put right in front of him. So he must be a fairly large guy, too, which tells me you were a power forward or a center, Ravioli. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll no longer, we got to change his name here. Yeah, we got to change his name here from Calvert on our text line mm-hmm. to Ravioli, just so that we know uh, at, the, at every moment here. Uh, here's, here's a text in from the 757 area code. I'm not exactly sure what that is. K.J. Jefferson, probably not considered for the Heisman. But he thinks he's going to be a Hall of Fame pro quarterback because he's got the intangibles of a Hall of Fame pro quarterback. Low-key person, lets his play on the field due to talking. He's kind of right about that. And I, I, I remember saying last year, like I, I kind of wanted K.J. Jefferson for my pro football team. I like mm-hmm. his makeup. His body type is great for the pros. I think he's got the arm strength. I think we'll learn a lot about the accuracy this year. Um, but he, he, and the decision-making too, um, this year, hopefully not pulling it down and running as often. Hopefully won't need to quite as often and rely on these running backs. But uh, there, there are the intangibles, I think, that, that play in here for KJ Jefferson on, on a team with a coaching staff that, I think has plenty of leaders. When it comes from your quarterback, it's, it comes from a different place than if it comes from your from your starting center or from a, a wide receiver or a linebacker or any position. Mm-hmm. When it comes from the quarterback, it kind of rubs off on the rest of the team. And I feel like you, you saw that a number of times last year. But but KJ is that kind of quarterback where he just 
you know, he might play the Rodney Dangerfield get no respect card, but he's not doing it in a look at me, I'm so good kind of a way. He does let the play on the field do the talking. And when I watch him play, I do see a legitimate professional NFL quarterback prospect. I'm not here to tell you he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback in Kansas, but I do think K.J. Jefferson is going to have the opportunity to win some games eventually in the NFL. I think he will as well. I mean, he's got the body for it. He's got the arm strength. We know what he can do with his feet. He's got all the tools that he could possibly need. Now, when it comes to Hall of Fame type of career, a lot of things have to go right, and a lot of things have to go right that are outside of uh, outside of your own control. So to put that really on anybody is just way too much to uh, ask for or expect, but he's definitely got everything he needs to be a good NFL quarterback, oh, a guy wow. that... Can see that can edge out a, a little bit of a career. And by the way, seven five seven is Virginia, East Virginia. All right. Like knowing, I like knowing where, where people are calling. I do from. too. Um, I do you know, too. It's nice. And and, and for, for KJ, like he played hurt last year. You're going to have to play hurt in the NFL. I can't imagine NFL quarterbacks are feeling 100 percent every single week. And KJ still was was very good while playing with 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 a painful. Uh, injury. I don't want to say injury. I know he had to get it scoped, but injury means you can't. You're not playing. You mm-hmm. can't play. It's bad enough. You know. I think he was playing hurt. And in the NFL, you got to play hurt. And he's got the kind of body that can withstand. Now I know I want to. I want him to take fewer hits this year because I'd like to keep him on the field. You know. I mean, KJ a couple of years ago when when uh, when he did get on the field, tried to deliver a hit. I forget exactly the game it was. And, he ended up getting a little bit of the worst of it. I mean, he, he will deliver some hits, but, you know, they're, they're, those defensive guys know what they're doing, how to deliver a hit. But I think his body can withstand the, what it takes, um, you know, to make it through an NFL season. You, know, you don't hear about him right now as far as preseason talk goes of him being one of the top quarterbacks mm-hmm. looked at as a draft prospect. Once you get in, once you get into the spring, I mean, heck, they feeling, can't even get voted top feeling, three at SEC media days right now. So, right, I have, I have, I have a feeling the way he plays uh, that we, that conversation might kick up mm-hmm. a, a little bit as the season goes on. It just seems that a lot of a lot of folks have the idea that KJ's accuracy numbers had more to do with just throwing the ball up to trailing Burks and, mm-hmm. and letting it happen from there. Uh, but I remember a lot of well-thrown passes to other wide receivers that went through hands and weren't caught and should have been caught and were well-thrown balls. And there was, a, I think, there was a market improvement in KJ's, uh, ac- you know, accuracy uh, from from the first year to the second. Uh, and as his, in his first year as a starting quarterback, he looked mostly like a guy who can throw the ball where he wants to. And that's the thing I think that most people will be paying attention to that. And, mm-hmm some of the decision-making that he'll have to display. Uh, and and, and so that body type, that arm, that demeanor, uh, the way he carries himself, yeah, uh, I see somebody who looks like a professional. But he doesn't get the nation, the, the, the coast-to-coast NIL deal like E.J. Finley does with Amazon. You know, but I don't think NFL general managers are necessarily looking at that. Mm. You know, and, and, and I heard you guys in the morning, they were talking about, 
this situation where uh, Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, and Tommy Tuberville, senator from Alabama, are coming together to try to craft legislation, national legislation for name, image, and likeness for college sports. And I think this is a good thing. And people can always point out, oh, Congress has better things to do, this and that. They do. Right? It's really about what, well, it's, it's, in a lot of cases, it's about what can you, who has lobbied for this or that, and what can be accomplished. I think something can be accomplished here, and something that can serve as a, as not a guiding principle, but, but the thing that we're hearing college commissioners, the, the conference commissioners calling for. Mm-hmm. You might want the NCAA to step into the role of enforcement of NIL guidelines. The, uh, the NCAA does not want to be in that position, and they've already punted on, 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 on basically setting national, uh, national standards for name, image, and likeness. They're, they're not going to enforce these things. They don't want to get sued, uh, and they will get sued. And what you end up having now is a patchwork of some states that have laws for NIL, some that don't. They're different state to state, and that is exactly the kind of situation that a national, federal standard coming from Congress is made for. It can only be a good thing for college football, I think, to at least have standards to stick to. Uh, And so I hope this gets done. And to have a former college football coach, you know, helping lead the way in this case is an interesting situation. Mm. I know Manchin is friends with Nick Saban, who's from West Virginia. Uh, and, and I don't know the directions for it to go, but uh, I think that, that since the NCAA has stepped aside and said, we're, we're taking a hands-off approach to this. It's got it's the, the guidelines, the, the, the standards, the laws in this case have to come from somewhere, mm. and they have to be something that fits the nation, not on a state-by-state basis. Because that's not what college sports is. College sports is a coast-to-coast enterprise and needs to be treated as such. Uh, And so this is not a situation where Congress has better things to do. They can only accomplish what they can accomplish. This sounds like something they can accomplish. It does sound like something that is actually uh, attainable. Now, you're going to get pushback on this while I'd say 95% of college football and 95% of college coaches are all in favor of a national standard, right? You're going to get a Jimbo out there that's going to be a little TO'd about it because he's capitalizing on it not being a standard across the board. He's capitalizing on being able to do more than people in other states. So you're going to get some pushback, but I think that across the board we're going to see that people are for it now, but here's here's the next an interesting thing, Phil, and we see this a lot when it comes to asking Congress or asking government to step in and to fix things. We we say we all want this actual standard, and then the standard all of a sudden gets set. How many people are going to go say, whoa, whoa, whoa? I wanted this play fair playing field, but I wanted a fair playing field where I want now. Everybody is actually is fair. I don't. I don't like it. I, I I wanted rules. I wanted stability. But now that you've given me that, you didn't. Get, you you gave me something that kind of looks like what I wanted. And you're gonna have each individual coach say, go around and basically say, yeah, it's good that we have standards. But now the 
competition of recruiting, competition of keeping players. And that's kind of been taken out of it. You know, it, it always happens when people, a group of people say, we want this, we want that, and then they get it, and all of a sudden it's not exactly what they wanted. So it's going to be interesting to see how well and how uniformly liked it will be once it's put into place. And then Mansfield asked for Mansion and Tuberville to cap Coach Pay. <laughs> and money schools can make some TV deals too. And it's not going to be about capping anything. No. I don't think it'll be about capping money that students can make, or it's not about capping money that coaches can make, and it's not about capping money that schools can make. It's about setting a set of standards that can be adhered to coast to coast, not necessarily governed by the federal government. Something for the NCAA at that point to go off of and point to and say, look, this is the law and this is what we're going to adhere to. If the NCAA is going to step aside and just let what happens happen, well, then somebody's got to step into the void. And 50 different laws is not the way to fix the problem. One law is. We'll get back into halftime after the break. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollar shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free back into some of this conversation about name image and likeness and it goes into really just the changes of what's happening in college sports and we'll just keep it in college football terms uh, than anything else because you know, eventually college football is going to break away from the rest of college sports um, I hear the phrase, they're going to break college football. The system isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I really don't know what that means. When the system breaks, does that mean the games stop? That the stadiums don't fill up? That the games don't get played? That the television networks don't get their content? I don't think, that's, I don't think that, that, that ever happens. For, for those who, who believe that the system is going to break, uh, if, if players continue to make an uncapped amount of money from name, image, and likeness, that you might still get paid for attendance rather than just once you know once they get to campus and start using their their megaphone of sorts or social media presence or on field presence to promote products, you know, the ability to transfer without sitting, which might end up going unlimited, but for right now is sticking it at, at one time only and all the realignment in college conferences and all that. If you believe that college sports is breaking or is broken, what does that mean? Because I don't see the games stopping. 
the college football games are never going to stop. There is a demand for this product. There are millions of people who count on these games being played. And so these games are going to be played. And who's to say that the system isn't already broken when you have essentially like four or five teams on an annual basis that are always going to be the four or five teams for the time being that are dominant. Maybe the system's already broken. I just don't know what, what this sport is going to break mean. Mm-hmm. All it means is you don't recognize the sport that you grew up watching because the system is totally different and you don't know what's going to happen with that system. It just means change. And sometimes we're a little overly resistant to change instead of just letting it happen and reacting to it. And that's basically what you're left to do as a fan. And I think as far as media is concerned, I don't know what it means to break college football. I think in some ways it might be broken right now anyway. Well, I I think when you talk about the system being broken, I don't, I'm not going to say it's always been broken since day one, but as soon as football started paying for the biology teacher's salary, as soon as football paid for the new built, the new, um, new science building, English building to go up around campus. Once football started to be the main source outside of tuition for a university, that's when it became unfair. When the players themselves were bringing in so much money, they were practically funding the university that was giving them an education. That's when it became broken. So it's been broken for a long time. Now, is broken technically bad in today's state? I don't think it is because players are able to, you know, benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. They're able to get some of that control and some of that power back, and I'm all for that. When people talk about it's now becoming broken. It's completely false as of a statement. It's always been broken. It was just broken the way that you liked it. And when college football and its transition and where it's going to be in the next 20 years, you know, who's really to say exactly where it's going to be, whether it's going to be like you said, Phil, it's going to break off, do its uh, own thing, be its own governing body. Or we're just going to have an NCAA 2.0 or or we'll still have the NCAA. And, and 20 years from now, we're going to be sitting here scratching our heads and talking about the same topics and the same conversation that we've had for the last 20 years, you know, leading up to this point. So uh, anyone that thinks that college football is going away or it's going to become less popular with payer. Uh, players being paid is that it's absolutely ridiculous that's why i've never bought into any any person on social media any caller any texter that says that says you know fill in the blank happens i'm never watching again it's not true you love it too much you need it too much and if the pandemic showed us anything it's how much we all truly do need our our silly little brackets it's how much we truly need to fill out box scores how much we need to be at a stadium on Saturday for our mental health and camaraderie in a community. You need it. It's not going anywhere. It's changing. And you just got to, you, you got to change with it. And that, it's as simple yeah, as that. Tradition, the tradition of college football mm-hmm. is going anywhere. No, the, it'll the still be there. to watch games, dozens of games on a Saturday uh, is, is, is not going anywhere. The traditions that change are are things like, well, like Kevin Warren referring to, he's a traditionalist about this and that with mm. college postseason. Give me a break about the yeah. the traditions and the sacredness of the college football postseason. 
But there used to be a day where making a bowl game was a real reward for a really good season. Now six wins gets you there, and it's a different idea. It's mm-hmm. not the same idea. It's not the same tradition. And, you know, we already talked about the thought that over the last 40 years, the way to decide a national champion has changed two or three times, and it's going to change again. That's not the tradition that I worry about, to be honest. Like the, know, tradition the tradition of college tradition. football has changed. That, that, I mean, if there is one common, common thread from – 150 years ago to today is changed. That's that's the main tradition around college athletics. It's change. And that's exactly right. And change happens, and that's when it feels like the ground underneath you is shaking a little bit. That's what that's what we're feeling, is that, is that you don't know what the future is going to look like. That's why you have conference commissioners saying, we need the NCAA, we need either the NCAA to set these standards, or we need the federal government to set these standards. The NCAA is going to set the standards as far as transfer windows, mm-hmm. the number of times a player can transfer, and, and they're interested in that. They're not interested in the NIL aspect of it at all because that is potentially going to involve limiting income possibilities for young Americans. And if we're interested in a capitalistic system, you can't really cap somebody's ability to make money unless it is collectively bargained. And this is not professional sports. As much as you might now feel that it is becoming professionalized, there's no single entity to represent the student athlete, i.e. the people that are going to make some money. You know, the coaches association, uh, the American football coaches association does not collectively bargain how much money their members are allowed to make legally through university contract mm-hmm. you know we'll, we, we get texting from people that say well you got to cap coach pay no that's never going to happen either especially at the time where networks are willing to fork out literally billions of dollars for the ability to show these games uh, and it's i mean live sports is the most valuable thing that television networks have to show now so i think you're going to have to throw out the idea of capping the money that anybody can make in college sports because they're not collectively bargaining these things, and there is no mm-hmm. organization to represent the players. And so you literally cannot cap their pay. I don't know the direction that this goes. If you, if you, how can you say that you are going to limit some high schooler's ability to make money based on his NIL, you know, but then it's okay to, for him to make as much as he wants once he gets into college? Uh, and, and, and I can see where, where, you know, there's a real gray area here where you say, well, somebody's making, somebody's getting paid to attend a certain school, uh, rather than paying for their ability to market something or, or speak to mm-hmm. a large audience. They're just being paid to go to school. It can be a little bit difficult to actually find the evidence of these things. No show jobs, that kind of stuff. You know, you got the Arkansas, uh, this, um, this collective that the that Jim and Mandy Hunch started, the AAC, they're putting the men's basketball team together with charitable organizations. You know, I mean, they are promoting a, a certain organization uh, for the money that they are getting back. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I know that's not paid for attendance, but that's a direct thing that you can point to to say, well, these guys are getting this money for that product. Uh, and, and this thing feels like just a little thing. 
right, we're going to step aside. We're, I hear the music, so we'll, we'll go into the break here and remind you about the fence man. they got great jobs right now for fence builders or anybody that's got building experience. Great pay at the fence man, a $500 sign-on bonus, and uh, you're going to love your job at the fence man. So apply in Fort Smith in person at 1213 North 32nd Street. The fence man is an equal opportunity employer. We'll have another 30, 30 minutes or so uh, for a chance to enter the football triple the lifetime contest here at Phoenix Avenue location. Party, Fort Smith, down your thick burger in 90 seconds or less, and you are entered, and you will earn our ever-loving respect. Right back on halftime. Attention tequila lovers. Get by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith and check out their full selection of Cava de Oro tequilas, including Blanco, Reposado, Añejo, Extra Añejo, Cristalino Añejo, Plata Tajona, and Extra Aged Añejo in the Black Bottle. Available at Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Now they do the halftime baseball series starting later tonight at Camden Yards, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Orioles three games over. Goodness gracious. Pirates are hanging around in the middle of the NL Central, worst, weirdest division in baseball. I counted, I counted, it's been 30 years since Camden Yards opened. Oriole Park at Camden Yards. That Yard. is correct. They're celebrating a, the anniversary a, this weekend. What a great, great baseball park that is. And I've been there, I, I've been there for two games. Went there in 92 uh, for an Angels-Orioles uh, game. The first year it was open. And that was at the All-Star game in 1993, which was a real thrill. Mm. I counted 20. I might have missed one or two. I don't, I don't know. But I counted 24 Major League ballparks have been built since Camden Yards opened. Wow. Including, like, almost every four out of the five cities in the National League Central have new ballparks since then. Of course, the Cubs did not. Uh, same thing in the NL West. Dodger Stadium is the only old ballpark amongst them. Yeah, it's a lot of ballparks, all of them that have similarities at times to, to what they did at Camden. Because, like, there was there were a couple of ballparks that opened around the time the Camden Yards opened that also got a lot of publicity that didn't necessarily set the standard for the way a major league ballpark was going to be built from that point. I remember uh, like that Rogers Center. Rogers Center opened in in I think eighty nine. I think it was it was known as Sky Dome in Toronto then, and it was the largest dome stadium I think in the world up to that point. So that made it somewhat unique. And then in ninety one, New Comiskey opened, mm-hmm. and that's what it was called then, New Comiskey Park. And I mean, it's a fine place for a ball game, but it's not necessarily like a memorable spot. I think like Old Comiskey was. And then Camden Yards opened in 92, and it changed the way that a ballpark was built. And thankfully, uh, you don't have your multi-purpose football, baseball stadiums anymore. And a lot of them have little bits and pieces from, from Camden Yards, which took advantage of a great setting, uh, took advantage of, of beautiful architecture. This is one of the first parks, if not the first, that did the wrought iron gate, made it look like they fit it into mm-hmm. a neighborhood, didn't you know have these massive parking lots all around it, and kind of treated the experience of going to a Major League Baseball game as exactly that, an experience that you want to walk around sometime and never lose sight of the game while you're going up to get your hot dog or just to walk around the the concourse that rings the entire stadium. 
before that, you know, it, it was a much different thing. If you were in cookie-cutter stadiums mm-hmm. where you would lose sight of the game sometimes going up to get something to eat. You couldn't walk around the entire stadium. And, and really, those stadiums were built just to watch the game. Camden Yards changed all that, and I, cha- I think changed it for the better. Oh, it definitely did. It, it's a beautiful ballpark. I've been there uh, a handful of times, you know, since it is my favorite. Uh, it is the home of my favorite team, and I still have family up in Baltimore. And it, it is great. And don't get me wrong, like some of the stadiums that, you know, are historic are historic for a reason. I mean, you, you look at Fenway. I've been lucky enough to go see a game at Fenway, but you're right. If you do leave your seat to go get something from the concourse, you, you lose you know, a few minutes of, of action. You don't get to see everything. And it's good to have that open concept and to where you can, you can walk around, you can see everything that Camden Yards has to, has to offer and still be able to, to keep a close eye on the game. And, you know, it's become iconic with, with the warehouse in, in, in right field and everything that goes along with it. But part of me kind of would have liked to have seen seen a game in one of the cookie cutter stadiums. Now, obviously, and I, I, I know most, yeah, but I see pictures of it, and it it does seem kind of cool, like just to have experienced one time. And this is this comes from somebody that obviously never did. But you know, I mean, I, I guess stadiums could have been worse. Somebody who grew up going to a cookie cutter stadium. I mean, I went to so many more games at Three mm-hmm. River Stadium than at PNC Park, and it just was a terrible place for baseball. Yeah. For one, it was turf, and all of the cookie-cutter stadiums, I think, were turf for the most part, uh, and those, they were built for football. They were built with football sight lines. They didn't take into account that you might have a beautiful view out past the outfield, which really a baseball park needs to take advantage of the panoramic view, hopefully, that's behind it. Uh, football and baseball were not made to be in the same stadium, and then I went to game at Shea Stadium. I went to games at Old Bush. I felt frightened sitting in the upper deck of both of those stadiums. I've been to Old Bush, so I guess I have seen a cookie cutter. Yeah, I mean, that was a football. When when I was built, it was built for football and baseball. Um, I never went to Veterans Stadium, didn't make it to Riverfront. I did go to a, a, uh, like, three innings of a Marlins Astros game at Old Pro Player Stadium or Dolphin Stadium or Joe Robbie Stadium, whatever Mm -hmm. name you want to call it from them. It got rained out. That was a terrible place for baseball, literally a terrible place. Uh, but from all this time where, where back then most major league teams shared their home with an NFL team, and now there's none, not any, and, and the Yankees have built a new park. Both, uh, Minnesota, Cleveland, uh, Kansas City has totally remodeled their ballpark. Detroit built a new ballpark. Houston, Seattle, the Rangers have built two ballparks they have. since Camden Yards opened. The Angels have remodeled their stadium. Oakland is almost exactly the same from the time the Camden Yards opened. Even building, they built Mount Davis, which kind of ruined the experience at Oakland 18. The Mets have built a new stadium. The Braves have built two. The league has a, has a team that has built two mm-hmm. ballparks since Camden Yards opened. The Braves have moved counties. Miami Not just ballparks, but counties. Right. Washington, D.C., Milwaukee, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, San Diego. San Francisco, Arizona, and Colorado have all built ballparks since Camden Yards opened. And there might only be, amongst those ballparks that I've attended, there might only be two of them that I would say 
might be more of an enjoyable experience, and it's not a swipe at all at Camden Yards mm-hmm. because that's a fantastic place. San Francisco is special. Uh, that is a perfectly built ballpark with a view that is almost unmatched. And I'm biased about Pittsburgh, but I'm not the only person that thinks it's the best ballpark in America. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are not from Pittsburgh that have that thought. Uh, it's a perfect view. It's got the perfect amount of seats. You are close to the field no matter what, uh, and you'll never miss a sight of the game when you're walking around it. And you pretty much know who's going to win when you walk in there, too. It's the visitors, which also helps. <laughs> Although I think I'd like to have a little more intrigue when I went into the stadium. Those would be the two I'd say might be nicer than Camden. But, I mean, 30 years later, it's funny you think about this, too. I mean, the Royals redid, totally redid Kauffman Stadium, I think it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now they're talking about a plan to build downtown a new ballpark. Uh, and, and, and two, Good, that's where these Atlanta things belong. And, they belong well, in yeah, the actual towns and, and being well, around the entertainment districts and, and, and whatnot. They don't belong, and for in Atlanta's case, outside of Fulton County. It does not belong in Cobb County. Yeah, I mean, that is one thing that Kansas City does have. They've got a really nice major league ballpark that was remade and is a really good experience to watch the game, but there isn't anything to look at past the outfield. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of parking, parking space between... Uh, the two stadiums there, of course, Arrowhead is in the same parking lot. Uh, and it isn't, it isn't a walkable thing. Like that's one of the great things about going to San Francisco, going to Bush and, and you know, new Bush downtown St. Louis mm-hmm. is that it's all walkable. And you can, I love walking to Pirates game, going over, you know, the Clemente bridge or the, or, or the 14 Kane bridge from downtown and walking over the river. That's part of the experience. And, you know, pulling up to the, giant sea of a parking lot, which is fine for football, is not necessarily great for baseball. So thank you very much, Camden Yards. And, and the way they funded it, I remember you brought this up, uh, uh, I think, earlier in the week. You remember, they funded that entire stadium. And I think they funded the um, the Raven Stadium initially, too, through the Maryland Lottery. Yeah. Which was uh, an interesting way to pull it off. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. But Phil, I, mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm lucky. I've never been in a bad ballpark. I mean, when it comes to major league stadiums, I've obviously been to Camden. Uh, I've been to Bush. Uh, I've been to um, the ballpark, uh, ballpark in Arlington with the Texans. I've, I've been into a Rockies game. I can't say, and I've been I've been to Fenway. I can't say that I've ever had a bad experience at any of these stadiums. Now, I'm sure that my mood would change if I went to a Rays game. I'm sure my mood might change if I went to a Marlins game. Although the stadium, the the Marlins stadium looks pretty nice, and I I get to sit anywhere I, I absolutely wanted to, or if I went to the Coliseum. But for the most part, I I'd say 95 percent of baseball. Stadiums are just that good nowadays that that you're not going to have a bad time. What what could qualify as a bad experience for me at a major league stadium? And and really, the only one I can come up with is Shea Stadium, the old home of the New York Mets, which was which wasn't in the. I mean, it, it was in it's lo, it was located in Flushing, New York, Forest Hills. That was my dad's area of town, mm-hmm. and. I remember getting lost driving there with an ex-girlfriend in Koreatown, where we had no idea where we were. The streets are the street signs were in Korean. The ballpark faces an auto dump, 
and all the jets flying in and out of LaGuardia are flying overhead for the entire game. Really loud. <laughs> it wasn't the nicest place for baseball. And when you were sitting in the upper deck, you felt like you were going to fall down onto the field. It was a bit of a dangerous yeah. play. So I'd say that, that would have been like the one place I had where I had a bad experience. The place was sold out, and that was kind of fun in New York City, which loves its baseball. Why do people do business with First Western? Because First Western builds relationships with all of their customers. They partner for the long haul to help you with your financial goals over all seasons of life. First Western is prompt, responsive, and they deliver with quick answers and on-time loan closings. When is the last time your banker called you? You are looking for a high level of service and a financial partner who will listen and respond. Try First Western. For more information, visit them online at firstwestern.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. All right, wrapping things up here on halftime. Uh, going back to the list of major league ballparks that I've been to. The truth is trying to remember if I had like bad experiences at these places. And you can't have a bad experience with Fenway unless no. you know Chris Manzilli no, told me former former Razorback Chris Manzilli uh, worked at Fenway Park for at least a year as an alcohol enforcement officer, <laughs> which I found quite entertaining. I'm sure he found it quite entertaining. So a bouncer? Kind of like a ballpark found, like out of all the ballparks, like any of the East Coast parks, uh, that would, would seem like to me, like Chris is a big dude. Mm-hmm. You have to get your hands all that dirty at Fenway, you know? I mean, uh, it's... I would imagine you get you get you get yourself into some interesting situations as an alcohol enforcement officer mm. almost anywhere involved in sports. But like Fenway Park, there's some interesting, interesting people. Yeah. Boston yeah. fans know how to drink, and they know how to they know how to be a little uh, out of control, to say the least. My first experience at Wrigley Field, I learned just how friendly and nice Cubs fans could be. This was 1998. I was driving out from Montana to work for minor league team and stopped in Chicago and went to see the Astros and the Cubs and uh, sat in the bleachers. This mm-hmm. was a night game with a friend of mine that I went to high school with and and brought over nachos and a couple of old styles. And the way that they had that, you're like carrying them in, uh, it's, it's sort of like almost a, a harness mm-hmm. that you were carrying the nachos in. I sat them down and spilled an entire beer on the gentleman sitting in front of me. Uh-oh. I mean, you want to talk about a big-time party foul for someone who'd never been at that ballpark either. And I looked and felt like a total fool and apologized profusely to this to this gentleman, who was as nice as he could possibly be, while also rolling his eyes and looking to the sky. Mm-hmm. But I made amends by going and buying him two beers for the one that I had spilled on him. And we got it. We got along just fine for the rest of the game. That's so I was good. like, yeah, yeah. You Cubs fans are cuddly and very nice and everything. You know what happened the next day? What's that? The next day, Terry Wood struck out twenty Astros. I missed that game by oh. one night. Oh, that's got it. That's got to <laughs> sting. It's got to sting. Oh. I, I don't know if I've ever missed walking. out on anything historic like that by one night. I don't think that's ever happened to me before. Well, I was at a Brewers-Padres game in Milwaukee, old Milwaukee County Stadium, uh, when Wood struck out those 20 batters. Mm. And remember, that's the stadium Major League was filmed at. Camden Yard is, is where Major League 2 was filmed. 
and he was supposed to serve as Jacobs Field, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, now progressive field, which is a great ballpark, too. I do love uh, Cleveland's ballpark. And but, yeah, all the spring training Tony stuff Gwynn. were filmed at the Orioles spring training facilities, too. Yeah. I mean, when Camden was built, it, it had a, it caught the nation's attention immediately. And, and baseball had a, had a different place, I think, in American sports fans' minds then. It was, it was, uh, it was firmly number two, if not maybe a 1B to the NFL. And now it's probably behind the NBA. Uh, but, 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 but that ballpark caught America's mind by, by storm and is one of the reasons that there was a ballpark building boom that, uh, that occurred after that. Which, uh, which of these other ballparks? Dodger Stadium is outstanding. That's a place that should never be replaced. They've, they've, they've changed it up a little bit here and there, but it's still essentially the same structure uh, that it was when it opened in the, in the early 1960s. And, and there'll be a point where, like, I mean, there, there, there had been a movement to, to uh, re, either, either rebuild Fenway Park or, or build a new ballpark for Mm-mm. the Boston Red Sox. Can't there were it. even proposals to build one in South Boston, a number of them. And, and they ended up selling the team, and the new ownership put a lot of money into renovating Fenway Park, um, which... South Boston, really how, how, how far away would South Boston be from Fenway? Boston itself as an actual city, is very small. I mean, it, the yeah. city lines are are very compact. So it would honestly, if you got it out of Boston, which basically all of Boston is downtown, Boston really, and you'd have to move it over to a suburb, I'm guessing, or a neighboring town because there's no room in, in actual legitimate Boston. It turned out it was a lot less expensive to renovate Fenway and do things like build the seats on the Green Monster, mm-hmm. which I think they only did like 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, it was early two thousand. Like I think. Right. Changed the experience of going of going to those games. I think made Fenway a, a more attractive place. You know, I, haven't, I haven't been there since the last time I went to the game. At Fenway would have been 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Pedro Martinez strike out 15 Atlanta Braves. I've sat uh, on the wall the before. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that would be that would be like a bucket list place that I'd want to sit. Yeah, that's it's what we did. We did. Monster. We did first Friday night. We did. Um, we did in the oldest ball seat, the oldest seats in America, right? Uh, about halfway on the third base side between third base and home. And then Saturday was a day game, and we spent it. And we didn't actually have seats. We were in standing room only uh, at the Green Monster, which actually, if I remember right, the standing room only actually cost us more on the monster than to have an actual seat. No kidding. See, yeah. It makes sense because it's, it's a, a few pretty of them. unique yeah. place to watch a game. So Yankees and Cardinals starting tonight. Oh, that would be a place I'd love to go. I'd lo- I love going to games in St. Louis. The new park is great. Mm-hmm. The Yankees come into town. I don't know. It's going to have a little bit of a different energy than even when the Cubs come into town. So I think that'll be a lot of fun for, I know it'll be a lot of our kids and for their, going to see the Cardinals this weekend against the Yankees. And we have made it to the end of that time. Looking forward to being with you guys on Monday when we expand from 11 until 2, three hours of your favorite midday program. Thanks for putting up with us today, everybody. For Maddie, for Drew, I'm Phil. Have a great weekend. Get up, get out, and get better.
You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This summer's best flavors are at GNC. GNC has more protein and more pre-workouts in more flavors, starting at just $19.99. Like Little Debbie Cosmic Brownies Protein from Rise, C4 Energy's New Hawaiian Punch, and so much more. You won't just stick to your routine, you're going to crave it. Your summer just hit the sweet spot with GNC's collection of all the best flavors from all the best brands. Shop now at GNC.com or visit your GNC store today. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.